Check, check. Light check. everybody it's noon pacific right on the nose too thursday february 11th monster energy ama supercar series coming into san diego for the second time this year looking forward to uh seeing it things are tightening up a little bit we had some new winners christian craig kenny roxon 702-586-7857 give us a call if you got whatever you got on your mind give us a shout let's talk some supercross uh thanks to uh, fly racing for uh Coming on, we really appreciate it for those guys. It's been great for um, for everything. And uh, flyracing.com, you can get everything you need over there. The, the original Stretch Fabric Racewear Fly Racing's third-generation light hydrogen gear continues to lead the way in lightweight and minimalist racewear design. With input from fly professional team riders, fly designers created non-restrictive racewear that eliminates non-essential features and replaces them with high-end, breathable, elastic woven fabric. Size 34 pant weighs in at only 24 ounces. Wow! Uh, flyracing.com, Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Racewear. We are going to give away a set of limited edition Fly Racing Evo 2.0. This is their high-end pant and jersey and glove. It is also limited edition. It is the stuff that uh, Pike and Kennard and Brayton and Millsaps and Short will be wearing this weekend, among others. Very limited edition, military-themed. I think it's going to be red, white, and blue, but maybe some camo. I uh, put out a little teaser photo on Instagram on Pulp MX. So you can check that out. Thanks to flyracing.com. We're going to give away a set of that. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Also, NFAB. N-FAB.com. Probably built in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, and SUV parts. Probably more truck than anything else. But if you got a truck, go to NFAB. N-FAB.com. Get a set of steps. Get a bumper. Get a light mounting solution. Uh, huge sponsor of the JGR team and the M-Pro Yamaha team, off-road team. So, uh, N-Fab, uh, Tommy and the boys down there are uh, cooking things up, and we appreciate uh, everything that they do to help us out. Let's give away some gear today. Let's uh, let's talk some supercars. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant going to be on the show. Taking your calls, producing everything over there, holding it down. The Tits Legendary. Hey, Steve. You didn't win... But you and Ryan have got to be happy with that 10th to 2nd place ride. 
I mean, you got to be okay with that. I I was I was a little worried that he'd only be able to get up to third, uh-huh. and then Tomac dropped anchor, and Dungey was able to get him. So yeah, uh, that's know, fine though. You can't win them all. No, you can't. And in uh, second place is literally one spot out of first place. My, so <laughs> thank you that, for that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that breaking news. You uh, as a Ryan Dungey fan, it's got to be life's got to be good. Pretty good. Life's got to be good Pretty right now. Good, yep. uh, his ride, I got to say, when he came around the first turn, I just was like, "Oh man, okay, that's the bad start that uh, that these guys need." Uh, Tomac was uh, Roxon was up front. Tomac got into second right away behind Millsaps. Tomac was closing. It was one point eight seconds at one point, and I was like, "Oh man, he's got him. I think he's got him. At least he's got second. And then here comes Dunge, just rolling. So we're back to uh, a baseball field this weekend in San Diego, a tighter track. Remember, San Diego won lap times, I believe, were somewhere around 50 seconds. This one uh, was a minute two, minute one. So um, it was a little different uh, deal. If Dunge gets an 11th place start this weekend, I don't know about him working up to get second. Well, maybe not. He's on a roll. Maybe he can do it. But you know what? Um, yeah, it's uh, one of those things where this this week's track is going to be a little tougher, I think, anyways. Um, four guys are coming back this weekend. Four guys. It's awesome. Trey Kennard will be back in. Blake Baggett will be back. Justin Bogle will be back. And Andrew Short. So we're getting four high-end guys jumping right into the series, which is awesome. It's going to be really great to see. I'm sure if you're Cade Clayson and Bryce Stewart, you're not exactly really pumped on that, but you uh, you are excited um, as a fan, to see Kennard, Baggett, Bogle, and Short back in. And, of course, the 250 series, it's tied. Two red plates. Joey Savacci, Cooper Webb. That should be good. Christian Craig has got to have a ton of confidence. He's only 11 points out. So it's looking looking good. Although, like I said, I don't think if Dungeon gets a start this weekend like he did in uh, Glendale, he's going to have a hell of a time trying to work up through the pack. I looked at the track map. It looks tight. It looks uh, short, and I think the guys will be uh, – you be hard-pressed to uh, get some speed to, to zoom by guys like he did in Glendale. Let's get to the phones right away. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. What's your question? Is this for Nathan? Yeah, what's up, Nate? Hey, uh, a couple things, Steve. Uh, number one, I was wondering if you saw Tony Alessi's comment uh, directed towards you. And number two – uh, some of your best shows have been when you've had someone on that you weren't getting along with, you know, like Hanny or maybe Dunge. I'm wondering if it's time for you to put the olive branch out and uh, get some, you know, the yeah. RCs and maybe Alessi. I think that would be a killer show. RC's definitely not coming on anytime soon. He'd probably want to light me on fire. I did see that's two weeks in a row or two out of three weeks that uh, T Alessi 800 801 has, has given me props on Instagram for my writing. Uh, I don't know what he's doing or what he's trying to do or anything. Uh, it's uh, very strange to me. Maybe he is trying to put an olive branch out to me. Here's the thing, though. The last two times I talked to him, literally the last two times I've talked to him, he wanted to beat me up. And he was very <laughs> angry. So, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of over it, you know? But but he's writing these things on Instagram. I'm just like, what does he want me to say? Like, hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks, man. Yeah, those, uh, you know? those shows those shows you've done with, you know, Hanny and stuff, those were great shows, you know. So well, if you do more of that, I think it'd be good. But I didn't know that Tony's gonna explode last time we had him on, you know, for the laser gate thing. I didn't I thought it was gonna he was gonna come on and be all, you know, apologetic. I had no idea that that was gonna happen. So what, you know, what you know. laser gate thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What laser gate thing? Um, you know what, Chris Kiefer is trying to work on Tony coming on the show. So um that, that we, would be good. We will see. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know. 
I'm confused like anything trying to figure out the mind of Tony. So thanks, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Let's go uh, right into our next uh, first guest on the uh, on the show. He is uh, getting ready. Very exciting times at Fly Racing with the debut of this uh, gear this weekend. He's out right now in Southern California showing it off, selling it, and uh, trying to get those orders in. Jason Thomas, what's up? What's happening? Limited edition Evo 2.0 military stuff coming. Now, Tits and I, you know Tits, tits Legendary, very, uh, very... Uh, Concerned about Fly Racing's images and marketing and, and manufacturing processes and everything, right? He's very hands-on. Yeah, he's very uh, hands-on for a guy that doesn't work there. Now He's we, very hands-on for a guy that's kind of hands-off. Right. We were discussing it before the show because he was very wondering what it's going to be. We're guessing red, white, and blue or some camo. We're giving it away uh, today. We're giving away a set, but uh, uh, military theme, but it doesn't look like it has camo. Give us a hint. Yeah, you can kind of get the gist of it from, you know, some of the social stuff we've put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you're on the right track. You know, if you want to check out Fly Racing, Fly Racing USA's social stuff, uh, you can kind of get a little sneak peek of it. But, um, yeah, I think everyone's kind of in that same thought process, whether you're doing camo or you're doing red, white, and blue or something mm-hmm. patriotic. Right. You know, it's all kind of the same vein, um, just different takes on it. Quick question. Oh, here we go. Yeah, because I do like to look into all that stuff. Which gloves in that Instagram photo you guys did? Well, I can't uh-huh. figure out which gloves those are. Oh, God, tits. Just go with it. Uh, I, I I can't off the top of my head think of which glove they used, but I would have, I would think we, we do a red, white, and blue one for the kinetics, so maybe they use that. But I'd, I'd have to look at it personally to see which one they actually use. I'll, I'll take my answer after the show off the air. Thank you. Sure. Great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Tits. And, and, obviously, and I will also try to find the country of origin uh, please find and out, address. And please find out where the Velcro was made and how the Velcro was made. And I will use the glove in a sentence. Yes. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Tony's trying to do here? It's two weeks in a row. He's complimented me on my writing, and and said that I'm. He agrees with a lot of things I say. What uh, what's his I what's his motivation? Trying to understand Tony Alessi is futile, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, I don't. You know, I don't know because I get along with Tony. Um, you know, I'm I'm cr- critical of of their team and the decisions that have been made and actions that have been taken, uh, you know, not as, maybe not as harsh as you, but I'm, I'm critical. You know, I, I don't hold back and he's always been uh, engaging and nice to me and I've, he's never given me a hard time, but I'm, I'm fair about it. You know, I don't take cheap shots at him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, you know, I, obviously your track record with them has been much, much worse than mine. So it's tough to say, you know, I, I think on some level they have to realize that, Making enemies and with everyone in this sport, or being uh, completely at odds with with I don't want to say influential, but people that you know had, do have media outlets and ways to reach people is, is not a good path. There's just nothing to be gained by that. So if he can find a middle ground with you, and not to say you guys are going to be tight or anything, but if he can find a common ground or just a new, neutral point, I think that's that's good for them and their team and and Mike and and everyone. So, so I, my- I would assume that. That's probably the idea. This might be some sort of uh, like, hey, let's butter him up a little bit. Hey, well, Tony. I, I think he's just looking for a truth. You know, I just don't think there's anything to be gained by right. from them on their side by creating enemies uh, with people that can reach a lot of people. I guess it's very strange to me. Um, I agree. I, I mean, it's it's obviously we've talked privately, and it's kind of like you know, I don't really know how to take this. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, Jason Thomas here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by InFab. Um, speaking of, let's just continue on with that. How's Mike's Supercar year been to you in your eyes? I think he hasn't, you know, he won a couple of heats. Uh, did he win two last year or two the year before? Uh, might have been. I believe nine. it was two years before. I think he won one last year, though. Might have won one again. There hasn't been any of that from Mike. But then again, it's been steady and not as, I mean, I thought his whoops at Anaheim 2 were really bad. He's never been great in them. But it's been a steady Supercross series for the 800. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better than, you know, what you thought it would be. It's kind of been on par for what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, not not anything out of the ordinary. I, you know, I think he's a great rider. Um, I thought he would be right in that range he's in, 11 to 14. Um, I think he's been better than that at times. You know, we've seen him shoot. He's got podiums before, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think the way the class has evolved, uh, kids like Marvin and, you know, Dean Wilson, these guys just keep coming. Uh, and, you know, Mike's getting older. You know, Mike's been around a long time. He turned pro in 2004. So, yeah. Um, you know, he's getting getting to be one of the elder statesmen in, in the class now. And the pace is ever evolving. And if, if you don't evolve with it, you just start to see your results slide a bit. And, um, not to say he can't go out to an outdoor uh, this summer if he's allowed to race. I don't know what the situation is there, but he, not to say he couldn't go out and run top five. But I think Supercross, uh, maybe some of these guys are have eclipsed his his speed capacity. Well, they're going to Canada. Him and Vince riding for the leading edge Cow- or Monster Cowie team up there. So that's done. No, so. I know. I just oh. didn't know if I don't even know if he's allowed to sign up down here. Oh yeah, yeah. No, why I would? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, no sw- switching to Kawasaki too. He's on a Honda for the first time in a long time, and he's going to ride Cowie for outdoors. Yeah, I really thought I really thought Vince was going to do better. I really thought his teammate Vince. Uh, we've seen him had some, you know, whatever you think of him and his passes, and he's already also also obviously had the the Weston Pike thing go uh, go on this year. But I thought Vince would be better. You know, he, he Mike's yeah, got him covered. He's been beat up a bit. So yeah, yeah just a bit. Um, <laughs> hey, Canard, uh, uh, Baggett, Bogle, Short coming in this weekend. That's nice. That's a nice four high-quality riders coming in this series. I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah, that helps. Um, you know, I think uh, out of that group, um, you know, maybe Kennard is the, the one that we look to that maybe could win, you know, be back in that in the kind of that podium chase. Um, but that's that's a lot of depth right there to add into the, you know, maybe top 12 guys capable there. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be good. I, I You know, at this point in the season, you start to see that slip. You see Tickle go down. You saw Bogle go down. You saw Wilson go out for the season, um, and on and on and on. So it's nice to have an injection of guys instead of you know guys going out. I think we're all in agreement that Kennard will do the best. Give me the, the finishing orders of the other three guys in order of what you think they'll do. For Shorty, I think he'll get a good start. Uh, I And I think I think he's in, in a – better spot than most people would anticipate um i look for him to be right around maybe that 10 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. um and bogle i don't know i haven't seen bogle really finish strong yet uh he seems like he makes a mistake or um just he hasn't been able to put together all 20 laps just yet so i i kind of see him in more than 12 13 14 um and who am i missing bag it Baggett, yeah. I think Baggett will be actually maybe ahead of all those guys. Um, I liked what I saw from Baggett other than so, the big crash. Yeah, I, I think maybe eight or nine for Baggett. Kennard, Baggett, Short, Bogle, if you had to pick him uh, on finishing. Yeah, that's, that's going to be my lineup. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's all 
on the fly on Thursday. We'll see how short he looks. I haven't seen him ride in person. I just go off what I hear. Uh, but that's if you know on Thursday, that's how I would handicap him. On the fly, I like that. Nice, uh, nice throwing that in there. Like that, yeah. Yep. Subliminal uh, stuff. That's what we're working with. Jordan, what's happening? Welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. What's happening? Good, sweet. Hey, uh, you guys kind of already answered my question. It was more or less just where you think Canard's going to finish this weekend. Yeah, JT. I mean, you, JT mentioned podium. Um, I don't know if I'm if I'm podium ready for for for, for Trey. I don't know. Well, I didn't necessarily yeah. mean this this weekend specifically. I'm yeah. just talking about those guys as far as what they're going to do overall. Yeah. Um, we've seen right. we've seen Trey come in and be really fast right away, and it's not like he missed a ton of races. He missed one, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, a top five for sure. I would think top five definitely put him in. Put him five, well. I wouldn't say for sure. Put him in that five six thing spot. Be interesting to see if he comes out and beats Cole Seeley, who's had a couple of so so weeks. Um, that should be really uh, really interesting to see. Right. Hey, the other question I had was uh, kind of on on his gear, or more or less all the fly guys' gear. Um, is there going to be different variations of it, or are they all going to be wearing the same setup? Uh, for this weekend, it'll be uh, there'll be basically our our six guys that um, between the three BTO riders, uh, Weston, Trey, um, and uh, what am I missing? Um, Mike. Yeah, Weston, Trey, the three BTO guys, and then what am I missing? One more guy. Uh, anyway, those guys, it's kind of the same same guys that were at the Monster Cup wearing the high vis stuff. Um, those guys will be in the in the the limited edition again. Uh, we could you know we could have Purcell and then we could have Osborne in it, but they're they're a little bit limited in their Rockstar deals and their Husky deals as far as what colorways they can run. So um, they'll kind of do their their same same deals they've been doing, but it'll just be that sure. one colorway. Cool. Yeah, I'm stoked to see it. I just didn't know if, if uh, you guys, if I was doing a different variation of the limited edition, or if it's if it's just one set. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just the one colorway uh, for this weekend that Sweet. was that was cool. the limited edition. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right. Yeah, we're giving away a set of uh, limited edition Evo 2.0 fly racing gear um, in honor of the uh, military appreciation this weekend in San Diego. Brian, what's happening? How are you, fellas? Good afternoon. Good. How are you? Oh, doing well. Uh, JT, I'm curious, just as a um, just as a rider, and uh, you know, just to make clear, like I did botch, like I botched up the other night. I obviously know the um, the rider doesn't have the choice in this. It's obviously the team, but as a rider, what would you want to do if you were Forkner? Because obviously, there's a lot of banner going on with Run East or stick to your planned program at Hangtown. What would you want to do as a rider? You know, it's tough. Uh, the last thing you want to do as a rider is come in unprepared. And uh, from reading the things that I uh, that he put out and just uh, conversations I've heard, it didn't sound like that they had any anticipation of riding Supercross this year, uh, other than just the Arena Cross little stint he did. Uh, so that would tell me that they didn't do kind of the full gamut of testing uh, that they would go through with guys like Bowers and and Sabashi and these guys. Uh, he probably hasn't been training for 15 lap main events. Um, so I would assume that's the biggest thing is he just, he didn't have this in his head to get ready for, and they haven't spent the time, you know, months of supercross training, you know, he, he's been riding many, you know, outdoors at many Olympics doing all these other things. So 
I think that's just the main thing. I, I don't think it's age or anything like that. I just think it's, you know, they don't want to thrust him into a situation just because it was convenient for everyone when they didn't really, you know, that's not really fair. Uh, and you don't want to, you don't want to put a guy in that situation where he's, he's not as ready as he should have been just because of circumstances. So I can understand and appreciate Chad's point of view. And had they uh, kind of made this decision, you know, five months ago, then I think I'd be all for it. But, you know, I, I just don't think it's fair to say, Hey, our guys hurt. You know, you have three weeks. Let's get ready to race. Like, I just don't think that's the best maybe idea. If I were to play devil's advocate though. So here's, here's what I wonder too, again, from a writer's standpoint. So, when you test from November to January, I would bet you get anxious doing that, and then the pressure starts getting to you. What about something like somebody like him, where you got, dude, you got three weeks, you don't even have time to think about it. I wonder how that would play into it if if you were to do it. Yeah, but I think I think even more than that, it's the, the fifteen laps thing. Yep. Um, that that's how you like you you know even though it's not twenty like four fifty, you have to train a long time to get fifteen laps in you. You know. Look at Christian Craig, how how he struggled uh, at the first few rounds to do 15 laps. You know, he he was was easily strong enough to hold on, and then he kind of fell apart at A2 uh, in the last few laps. So, um, you know, and that you can't just get you know that that kind of fitness at that high of intensity in three weeks. You know, that's a long process to to build up to. So, I just think there's way too many variables that they you know. For a guy like Forkner, who people are penciling him as being the, kind of the next big thing, and especially on the heels of what we've seen with Cincerillo's struggles, I don't think they want to take any chances on forcing the issue or you know upsetting this plan they have in place. Cool. Yeah, because my goal was to argue that, and I was just I was just kind of curious what you thought. Right. Thanks, See you man. Guys, fellas, have a good day weekend. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Brad. What's going on? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, presented by Infab. What's your uh, question? Brad, you there? Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Hey, I read in your observations column yesterday that uh, Roxon's talking to Honda and KTM and possibly moving on from mm-hmm. RCH. I'm mm-hmm. a big Honda fan. I'd love to see him go to Honda, but I'm also a big Canard fan. Would Canard be willing to step down from the top step and let Roxon come over? And then what would they do with Sealy? Or if he went to KTM, how would they have the two top guys on the same team? Well, yeah, like I think, I think um, you know, I think if you're Honda, you're like, hey, I don't really care about Trey Kennard and Cole Seeley's feelings. We're trying to get Roxon. Uh, both of those guys' contracts are up. Uh, they, maybe they go three guys, you know. I don't think Trey, I don't know Trey really, you know, I don't know Trey like a best friend or anything. I don't think he'd have a problem with it. And as far as the KTM is concerned, I think Dungey would be fine with it too. I think he's got maybe one more year left, Dungey, maybe two, and then he's going to check out, and, and Kenny will still be there. Kenny's 21, so... Five six years younger than uh, than Dunge, so I don't see a problem. You know, like these teams aren't gonna. When you got Roxon, you're gonna just go after him if you want him because he is a superstar and he's gonna win a lot of races. So, you know, whatever. I, I don't think you can really worry about riders you have's feelings. Um, you pay him okay. a lot of money, you know. So whatever. Um, but yeah, should be interesting to see for sure. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks, Brad. Yeah, I don't know, JT. For people I talk to, they seem to think he's out at RCH. I don't know if I'm getting bad information or not, but it seems like he's want, he's going to leave and he's going to go to Honda or KTM. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think that Trey or Cole really have the leverage to tell Honda at this point. You know, they hmm. both. Cole's kind of the new kid on the block, and Trey's had his fair share of injuries. You know, to 
to where Honda's needs, they need to win. You know, mm-hmm. HRC is dead serious about winning. So I don't think they really have uh, the wherewithal to say, hey, don't do this. I think uh, Ryan Dungey maybe does. You know, I think he he could lean on KTM a bit and say, hey, man, we're, we got a good thing going here. Don't don't screw this up and, <laughs> yeah. and upset the, the flow here. Um, so I, personally, I look for him to go to Honda. That's what I think. Um, and that's purely from the outside. I don't, you know, he hasn't told me that or anything or right. nobody that would know has told me that. I just hear things, you know, just like everyone else does. Uh, and it just makes the most sense to me. Um, you know, maybe he stays at RCH, but I personally am looking to see him go to Honda. Uh, I just think all the, you know, with, with both Cole and Trey's deals up, uh, and Honda's desperation with HRC's involvement to win. Uh, I just think that that's, you know, they can give him the security. They can get multi-year deals and a lot of money and the commitment and shoot, man, everyone knows how serious Honda is about racing. Um, I just think it, it kind of fits the bill for, for what's next. Be interesting to see if they have to choose between Sealy and Trey, who they would choose. That could go, come down to what a guy is willing to make. Like, you know, hey, will you sign for this much? Because um, right. it's a secondary spot. Because both Trey and Cole have a lot of pluses and negatives that the other one doesn't have. Trey can balls out win races. Uh, so can Cole, but I think Trey's more of a of a win threat more often. And um, you know, but yeah, Cole's kind of steady. You know, and they're both good guys. Yeah. I, think, I think they represent your brand well. You know, right? And and I think it'll it, a lot of it will depend on how their seasons go as far as how much leverage they have to demand money. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, both of these guys start winning, uh, they're going to say, hey, I'm not signing for less than this. And, and if Honda either has it spend or they don't. But honestly, right now, if you look at the results, you know, Trey's been struggling with injury and Cole hasn't really been, you know, living up to the excitement we saw from A1. So I don't think either of them can be like, hey, you know what? I'm holding kind of, mm-hmm. I have all the power here. You know, yeah. you're going to pay me this. So I, I think that, for Honda, if they can land rocks, and I think they're in a pretty good spot to get all three of them if they want them. Sometimes these things come down to agents, too. And, you know, uh, Chad's agent famously made a mistake a few years ago. Uh, Michael Burns' agent made a mistake. That's how Ferry yep. ended up on Cowie. A lot of these things yep. come down to agents. Teams are like, here's our deal. It's two years at this much money. Uh, which one of you want it? We like both of you, right. but we only have a spot for one. And if an agent tells a client or, or you know, the rider himself is like, no, nah, I think I can go more, the teams go, okay, we'll take it this guy. You know, it's a lot of it is that. Well, you know, it's the leverage is a, is a swinging pendulum. And sometimes the riders have it, and sometimes the, the OEMs have it, you know, the teams have it. So uh, the, it's the agent's job to diagnose uh, the actual, who has the actual leverage and then, uh, you know, try to play off and get as much as you can you know if you if you don't have the leverage you have to walk that fine line of hey man we got to get as much money as we can but we don't have a lot of power here yeah uh but if you're a guy like Roxon, you know you have the power you know you know everyone's looking at rock like he's the future so yeah he's he's in a situation where he has the power and and a perfect example is look at chad reed you know for i would say 95 percent of his career he's been the guy saying no no this is the deal i want this is the deal you will pay me this year wasn't that way he was he was chasing down deals and and really had to work hard to to put the team together, uh, and that didn't even happen until shoot almost you know after Christmas you know right. yeah um, so you can see just how important it is to have leverage and and uh, I don't want to say force companies' hands to pay you but you know they they know they have to have you so uh, they have to you know make the hard decision and cough up the money.
Did you ever have leverage, JT, in your career? Did you ever hold the hammer? <laughs> you know what? The only time I ever really felt like I had any leverage was with uh, with Subway Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was getting top privateer stuff. I was doing really well, and and that was what Honda was looking for out of the team. And I kind of knew if I went away, that results were going to suffer pretty strongly. So it was nowhere near of that. Le- you know, the level not, these yeah. guys have now. But I could kind of like say like, hey, we need to do this. We need to run this stuff. And I knew that. Uh, he was dependent on me, and I kind of gave me some options on, on changing some things. Mark has a question for you, JT. Mark has a question about helmets. What's up, Mark? What's your question for JT? Hey, I'm uh, shopping for F2 Carbon, kind of on a budget. Is there any big difference between the 14, 15, and 16 models? Uh, well, the addition of the MIPS would be the, the biggest change. Um, so the, the MIPS version, uh, which is multi-directional impact protection system, which you can find on a lot of models now. Uh, that's only available on the 2016 model, uh, which we also offer a non-MIPS version of the 16. So if you're only going for the standard F2 without MIPS, then uh, you're going to you're gonna find the same safety protection in 14, 15, and 16. Uh, and then just the MIPS, the MIPS version is available only in 2016. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what's the MIPS yeah. w- worth extra for, for Mark? Uh, it's it's it basically jumps up seventy dollars in protection. Right. Uh, at retail price point, it's seventy dollars different. Well, Mark, because uh, because you're asking about fly fly helmets and F two, we're going to give you the uh, limited edition Evo stuff. You want some gear to match? Oh, sure, it sounds good to me. All right, stay on hold. Tits will get your information. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. It uh, it is the limited edition Evo two point uh, military appreciation fly racing gear we just gave it away to mark for that uh, that question about shopping for helmets i like that that's a good question so uh dan what's going on you want to talk about silly season and team chemistry yeah i was just kind of wondering with like riders committing to other team or not really committing but talking to other teams isn't that kind of a, a team chemistry killer and the motivation killer going through supercross and the outdoors you know in teams that i've been on um dan this stuff has happened too and you kind of, no, you know what? Not really. Um, nobody really talks yeah. about it. Nobody really, you don't change anything. You still want to win. You still want to test with the guys, even when you know the guys are leaving. Like, we knew Villeman was leaving at Yamaha pretty mm-hmm. early that he was going to go to that Buku deal. And it's just like, whatever. Like, you know, nobody really talks about it. Nobody really, you know, everybody tries and works hard, in my experience anyways. So, uh, JT, what do okay. you think? Yeah, I mean, you still have a job to do. You know, I think uh, maybe on a on a morale standpoint, at some everybody's kind of like, uh, you know, the closest thing I could see to that uh, for a real life example was when uh, Roxon and Dungey were battling for the outdoor title in 2014. I really felt that KTM was pushing for Dungey to win that. Uh, I don't think it changed anything as far as their effort or equipment or any of that, but I just. I think deep down, Roger was really hoping that Dungey won that to keep the number one plate and to keep you know the title at KTM instead of uh, yeah. Kenny taking it, you know, leaving to go to RCH with it. That's yeah. the only time I've ever really felt that. Right. All right. Cool. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks. Yeah, and I don't think they're doing anything. You know, they're not going to do anything poorly to Broxton, but yeah, they're they are no, pulling for a guy. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he was taking his mechanic with him, so it's not like he had. I mean, he had his guy on his side no matter what. He's running right. the same thing they always ran, but. You know, there were there were things. You know, they would like they wouldn't let uh, Kenny ride the new bike. You know, that was coming out the next mm-hmm. year. Uh, not that Dungey got to race it or anything, but right. testing wise, you know, he didn't get to ride the new one because he had signed a Suzuki deal. And um, I just I remember being at at 
the Utah National when uh, Kenny finally wrapped it up. And I just felt like the the powers that be at KTN that were all there were kind of like, darn it, you know, it's awesome that we won, don't <laughs> yeah, get me wrong, but yeah. man, I wish we, were, you know, I wish it was just the other guy mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, you know, they got to retain him. A uh, couple of news uh, too: uh, Seven Deuce Deuce is uh, crash or broke his femur, fly racing zone. Nah, that sucks for him. He got that ride at the Rocky Mountain. He got Chisholm's bike who was hurt, and now he goes and breaks his femur, so he'll be off for a while. And uh, Lawson Bopping, this is his last race this weekend. He's been he's been doing well. He's been making most of the main events except for one, which I think he crashed out at. And uh, so he, he's going back home unless he can get some support. So maybe Bopping can jump on the Deuce Deuce bike, who's actually Chisholm's bike. There, we just made that happen. Why not? Just spitballing? What's that? Just spitballing, huh? Yeah, just spitballing right now. So Rocky, poor Rocky Mountain guys, right. good group of guys. They just can't keep anybody, you know, healthy over there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Last year, Partridge too, right, was on there when he got yeah. hurt. Yeah. yeah, and one after the other for them. Unfortunately, I feel like I wonder what they're doing over there. Um, you know, they're they're a huge, massive um, online retailer, just like the BTO guys. And I feel like like they almost they're going racing just for fun. They're not. Like they don't care that much about results when they really could. They could they could put a huge effort together. I just I think they're they just could. doing it yeah, for fun. I think that's Brackenhall's truck, Privateer Brackenhall. That's his truck. They give him some money and they just kinda like, Hey, we're here. Go and do well, go, go kick ass. You know. I think that's gonna change eventually. I think that's uh I think it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh just like Forrest team with BTO, you know, I think yeah. it's baby steps, you know, you get involved and you build the team up and you build personnel and you get better riders, you know, and, and having Kyle Chisholm this year was obviously the, the a step yeah. towards that, you know, yeah. Kyle's a legit main event guy, you know, national number 11. So I think they're working towards that. They just don't want to get in over their heads uh, right away. I think they want to build up to it and, and kind of match the resources as the, mm-hmm. the rest of the puzzle comes together. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we've seen Motorcycle Superstore is in heavy with Jimmy Albertson. Right. They're, they're in the win. BTO is in the win. The other big guy is Rocky Mountain. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, for as far as online guys. So, see, yep. see what happens there. Uh, thanks, I think, Jay- I think it'll continue to grow, though. I think Rocky Mountain's going to, I yeah. think their effort will grow in the, you know, yeah. as they, as the years go on. Oh, breaking news, too, by the way. The 2-7 could be back on the track, JT. The 2-7 could is, be back. Is that happening or what? Um, he's testing the Tedder Cowie thing. He's riding Tedder Cowie. I don't know where that's going to go, but he he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't be doing that if he doesn't thinking seriously about coming back. So right. we'll see. You know him, he can't stay away. Oh God, I hope I hope Team Tedder's got a lot of linkages and pull rods. <laughs> I hope they have a lot of that laying around. So, all right, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, JT. Have fun with yeah, that no fly problem. racing stuff and. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward this weekend. The limited edition Evo 2.0, six guys running this stuff this weekend. So, thanks, man. All right. See you guys. All right. N-Fab.com, of course, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Cheap trucker SUV parts. Proud supporter of the sport. Tommy and the boys at NFAB, they, uh, they got some of the best stuff out there for your Jeep trucker SUV. This man on the line here, he's got a Jeep, and uh, I think he's got some NFAB steps, but something happened. I don't really know, but Jason Wygant, welcome to the show. Yeah. I don't know what happened. You had NFAB steps for your Jeep, and they didn't get right. They weren't put on or something. I don't. Or they came with steps. I don't know. But you had some NFAB. Uh, yeah, I already. I had already had. Uh, I'd already had steps put on, and I drilled a bunch of holes, and then NFAB steps showed up, and I'm not like at this point. I'd have a whole bunch of holes if I removed the ones I had. So unfortunately, I had to return them. Not that I don't believe in the product. <laughs> right. I had no room 
put it on what I have. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yep. Um, yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Um, let's go right out of the gate. Get, this guy's been on hold for a while. Let's get to him. Ryan, welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question? Hey, I was uh, calling to talk to you guys about what you already touched on with, you know, rocks and possibly going to KTM or Honda. Yeah. And uh, I thought I heard, I don't know if it was uh, on, like, the Pulp show or what it was, but something about uh, Dungey having some sort of agreement with Roger that for the remainder of his contract that they uh, would pretty much just keep him as his number one guy. Um, I've heard that, that too. Like JT yeah. was thinking more so he'd go to Honda. Yeah, I've heard that too. That that Dungey's got the right for a teammate, you know. And mm-hmm. I I don't know how true that is though. I've heard that, but I mean, can a rider, yeah. even though as good as Ryan Dungey is, can he really say, "Hey, I don't want Kenny Roxon on my team"? I mean, you know, right. I, I don't know. Um, but I've do heard that. Think that yeah. he, do you think he's really only going to have you know like another year? Like he's just going to finish out his contract because. In a lot of his interviews, you know, he's saying that he feels the, the best years of his career are ahead of him. I've heard of a few whispers that next year will be his last year. Weege, have you heard that about about Ryan Dungey? I think that's when his deal is up, but, and I've heard people speculate that, but I don't believe it. You think he'll stick around? I don't think there's any signs of trouble. You know what the hilarious thing is? Like, when you hear about the Alton Baker program, I mean, pretty much anyone who's gone through it is like, dude, if they don't like it, they quit. But if they, even if they do well, they still say, dude, it's gnarly. Right. Done. Yeah. He's usually like, yeah, I used to do way more than this. There's nothing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he's in too good a place right now. I don't see him doing it this way unless unless someone convinces him, listen, just get out. Uh, but it doesn't seem like in his heart he has any, any reason to be leaving anytime soon. Yeah, if he wins next year, he's just, why, why, why walk away? Why not, you know, be like, hey, I can't win. I may as well walk. Don't walk away until you cannot win. If you're still winning and you're still making millions, stick around. Yeah, there's a couple of factors with Dunge. First of all, I think he's proven right now that he can do really well, and it, 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 it he seems to be happy. It's not a stressor. Like with Villapoto, you could see like the effort he needed to do was driving him insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't seem to be a problem. I think Dunge is the kind of guy that naturally likes putting in the work. I don't think you're going to see him uh, put on 30 pounds one month after he retires. I think he likes that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, And also the injury factor. He's so less beat up than, than he should be compared to his peers. He hardly ever gets hurt. So yeah. I'm just finding it hard to believe uh, he has almost nothing negative about what he's doing right now. Yeah, true. All right, Ryan, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Hey, one more question. Okay, sure. So, uh, you know, Kenny moved over to RCH, obviously, and it uh, hasn't gone, I'm sure, as he hoped that it would. But uh, I think I read an observation that he's looking for a five-year deal. Do you think that's a good idea for him to switch over to Honda and be locked in for five years? That's not, Well, that's what I've heard. He wants five years. So, yeah. I, I mean, whether it's a good idea, I guess that's up to him and the team and everything else. So maybe right. maybe if you commit to five years, and that's certainly a long deal in our sport, maybe right, if you commit right. to five years, you have a little bit more of an attitude of, well, hey, I'm here. It's, it's got to work. i got to make it work, and they got to make it work. We're, we're wed together for five years. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, it should be interesting. Thanks for the call, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks for taking it. Thanks. Justin, you have a question for Jason Wygant about Trey Kennard? Justin, you there? All right. Michael, what's going on? Question about Austin Forkner? Yeah, hey, I want to touch base with you. I, I know that uh, there's been social media stuff about Chad Reed and trying to prod the situation to see if he's racing. Yeah. Do you think there's any, anything like along the lines of him? getting hurt in super cross that 
they're just being extra precautious, kind of with how AC's been going and such, where they rather just save them. Yeah, we touched on J, 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 JT touched on this earlier. Yeah, just it's too soon to rush them and give them you know three weeks to get ready and everything else. Um, you're not surprised by that, huh, Weege? Well, that Forkner's not taking his place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was ever really an option in any way, shape, or form. I mean, to give you an idea, they still plan on having him go to Texas and whatnot and, and race amateur spring nationals. Isn't that crazy? Oh, are they really? Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's still the plan, even after winning that arena cross race. I think the one thing that people are missing is how much lead time they want to give these kids to prepare for Supercross. There's a reason that they try to get them to turn pro at Hangtown or Glen Helen uh, and not Supercross. Um, I don't think they want them to make their big time pro debut in a, on a Supercross track. It's too risky. Yeah, what, what, go ahead. What is it? What does his contract look like? Does he have like a three year deal with PC for pro, or do we know? I haven't heard. Uh, Weege, do you know? Yeah, it's a lot of years. I think it might be three. Actually, I think it might be two beyond um, this year. Uh, it, and I heard the money's really good too. Yeah, there was there was big talk about that last weekend about how much money it is. I mean, I think it's well under the six figures, but it's a lot considering he's probably right near the top. I'm betting of what most two fifty guys are getting paid, which is pretty good considering he hasn't raced yet. Yeah, it yeah. should be interesting to see how he does. I, I myself, the turning pro at at uh, Hangtown slash Glen Helen, we've seen guys do that. I don't know if it's any better. Why again? To be honest, if if you're me, if I'm, if I'm a team owner, I see pros and cons to both. Um. So. I don't know if it actually is any better, right. but it seems like every team seems to think so. I mean, that has become the absolute, the de facto plan. Um, whether it actually matters or not, yeah. I have no proof of that, but they all seem to believe it. So that's why I don't think they'd rush him yeah. in. Um, like, I'll put it this way. If, he, if the plan was not to have him race nationals and AC got hurt right before Hangtown, I could maybe see them taking – making that change. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them bumping him into Supercross early, yep. which is not going to happen. Cool. Michael, yeah. thanks for the call, man. So, one last thing with Weege with on the line, um, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, where do you, where's Weege see him placing since he's the amateur guru? Where, where do you see him running in the Nationals when he comes out? Yeah, amateur guru. Where's he going to finish? Uh, uh, you know, I think the first race will probably be spectacular. They always are out of the blocks. But I don't think um, this first year is going to be anything crazy. I think his real skill, by the way, I think he's exceptionally good and will be good in Supercross. That doesn't mean he needs to start three weeks from now. But uh, I think that's really where you're going to see it. But I don't see him coming out and, and beating Cooper Webb and Jeremy Martin uh, right off the rip in his first year. All right. All right. There you go, Michael. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Justin, you got a comment uh, for Weege about Trey Kennard? Yeah. Hey, thanks. Um, Weege, I, uh, I'm not too keen on leaving comments on Racer X site and everything, but I wanted to let you know that Trey Kennard video, that behind the scenes thing, it was your first yeah. your first run with it. And that's the kind of stuff that I love seeing. Uh sometimes I'll even miss uh heat races and semi races just to see what's going on in the pits and kind of behind the closed doors. But yeah, more of that, man. That was that was spot on. All right. Really, really yeah, good. Hope, hope to see more that, of that. Uh, I appreciate that, Justin. Yeah, Matt, they probably haven't watched it. It was just something I was kicking around for, like, years, figuring well, out how to do this. We've talk, we talked we'll about see. it. I saw you carrying the camera, and I said, what are you doing? And you said, I'm going to go do this thing, and I want to do more of this. And I said, well, who's going to camp? Who's going to film you? And you said, I don't need anybody. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, then you said your microphone's really cheap, which I, I was not surprised at. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, whole production was about a $5 uh, budget. I didn't even bother putting on the company credit card. It was so cheap. Um, um, I, I guess i got to go watch no, this I'm thing like, now. Like, yeah, yeah. We're going to do more. 
What's that? I guess I gotta go watch this. If Justin said it was good, I never I saw it, but I never clicked on it. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Trey was probably the best guy you can have. He was really loose and making jokes and played right along. It was, right. it was perfect. Um, look for a video up. Uh, hopefully soon, David Pingree and I have a eating contest, part two, and uh, that'll yeah. be up hopefully really soon. So. Hey, uh, I was gonna, I was I was also gonna wonder if uh, if we had heard anything about the happiness or disliking of how things are going at JGR with their relationship with Yamaha. Um, are they looking for another OEM for next year? Uh, especially with the factory situation going on with Reed and Reed's team and Star and everything going on. Um, I think they're definitely depressed. Just for for starters, just about how their season has gone. I mean. Uh, I, I think I heard somebody the other day say, well, at least it's not Yoshimir Suzuki. Like, at least they're actually racing. Um, <laughs> but, out, but outside of that, uh, it couldn't be much worse. I mean, they haven't even gotten a top ten, I don't think, right? Um, right. But as far as the Yamaha thing, yeah, I think there is some friction there. We've, we've talked about it before. But I think they know that it's really hard to find another good partner, and it's almost like it's better to have a partner that's not exactly perfect and not have one at all. So I don't, I don't necessarily assume that just because the Chad Reed team showed up that they're going to leave. Uh, it might have caused some issues, and that might worry them a little bit, but uh, I don't think there's a guarantee that they're not coming back. You just have to look at the landscape. Where else do you go? Uh, you know, RCH, Suzuki has a second team. Uh, Husky's in with Rockstar now. KTM has like 15 teams. Cowie and Mitch. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where else you would go, and then if you want to do it on your own, it's going to cost you a lot more money, so I don't know why they would do that either. Yeah, and Yamaha could say, though, you know what? We have our team with Webb and Reed, so we're going to offer you less in bikes and money and parts and everything. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah. it's interesting. Yep. It's going to be really interesting I, to watch. I will say that, uh, you know, they were they, last year they came out and said that they had uh, Barsha locked up through 2018, and the reason they did that was because their Yamaha deal is up this year, and they wanted the industry to know, that we've got a big-time dude, and we're going racing has nothing to do with our manufacturer alliance. Like, we're going to be here no matter what. That's kind of what the point of the long-term deal for Barsha was. I think it's yeah. interesting, too, Weege. Have you noticed those guys over there? They're, they're aware that the media and the fans know there's friction, and they've kind of, they're kind of a little more careful what they say. I even had a guy at JGR tell me, hey, man, don't really report this like we're pissed at Yamaha. You know, and I, and I said, no problem. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, they, they're aware. So, well, I well, Nick, them, and I, also, you have to remember, you know, they want to be a big time team with big time riders, too. That's not exactly a sales pitch to say, yeah, we got a manufacturer, it doesn't really help. It doesn't really give us good parts. You know what I mean? So, I think they know that it's really in their best interest to, to make the relationship work as best they possibly can. It really doesn't help anybody to get, uh, blackball or something like that yeah yeah exactly i'd love to see nicoletti do a commercial though that would be so epic for y'all like this we all would yeah. we all here's would my we... bike here's my bike <laughs> we don't get along very good <laughs> we can't <laughs> i'm telling you justin i can't keep away from nicoletti and that team it's like a magnet he's it's awesome they make fun of, they make fun of him he hates himself he hates the whoops he, he he's psyched out by chad Telling them how fast, the, how big the whoops are, and how tough they're going to be—it's it's an incredible time over there. Well, somebody, you guys need to ask him what does make him happy. Like seriously, like I'm kind of concerned for him. What does what brings him joy? Does he have no. like a, a Star Wars collection or something? Maybe no. I asked uh, I asked Alex Martin that. He said nothing. Nothing makes yeah. Phil happy. He finds the negative in every <laughs> single thing. 
That's uh, exactly what, what Alex life. Martin said. What a life to live. Yep. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Nick, what's going on? What's your question for uh, for us on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB? Ahoy, Steve. What's up? Uh, what's up? What's going on? Uh, I think the other day on your on your show, you mentioned that um, what non-moto guys think about the sport. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably one of five guests that you – or five people listening to your show that their life revolves around hockey. Oh. And hmm. – um, I like you already, Nick. No, I actually listen. I actually listen to your Paul hockey shows. I love them. Keep Thank them you. Up. Yeah, Weege is a big but, uh, fan too. Weege Weege can't get enough hockey. Oh, he loves. Oh it. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. the demographic that I hang out with, they don't even have a clue what moto is. So when I mention it to them, the first things that they normally say is, "Oh, so you like watch X Games? Like, how old are you, dude?" And I'm like, "No, that's not it." Yeah. They either say that. Or they say, oh, you're a, you're a NASCAR guy or, or Monster Jam. And I can't even explain to them what, where, where to begin. So I don't think – they're not – they don't think like the Harley guys or something, but they just have no idea what the sport actually is. And it's, yeah. it's tough to explain it to them. I agree. That's exactly it. I just think NASCAR, everybody drives a car, everybody knows what's going on. I just think motorcycle racing is just – I don't get it. I think it's you know I think it's for um, bad guys or or guys who are gnarly tough and and you know I, I just think the perception of motorcycles riding riding a motorcycle is um, is a little bit out there and we're all all of us motorcycle people are a little different. There's no doubt. I've never okay. I don't have a ton of experience. Maybe Weege can actually tell me this. Weege, it is shocking to me when you go around the pits and talk to riders and industry people how little they care about traditional stick and ball sports as far as me loving hockey and Nick here loving hockey. And I would I don't know if it's like that in NASCAR, but I just think they don't mix. Everyone's in motorcycle racing because they're a bit of a rebel. They're a bit of a different dude who does not care about team sports. What do you think of that? You know, I, I, I never thought of the reason why, but I, I do agree uh, that it is like a bizarro world that we're in. No, I mean the NASCAR thing is ridiculous. Like they're they're all about hanging on the regular sports, just like any other, you know, ninety percent of the population is. Um, and I never thought about why there's almost an anti. There's a significant mm-hmm. part of motocross that literally hates it. Yeah. Obviously, some people like like football. It's it's just too mm-hmm. popular to expect no one to like. No, it. of course, but in general, but, uh, in general, yep. Yeah, but I, you're probably right. There probably is a whole. You know, the motorcycle is an individual thing. Uh, so the team thing, I don't like. Uh, it, it is kind of a niche sport, so it almost proves right there that you're kind of counter to the regular culture if you're if you're that involved in it. And I also think, as the reason people probably listen to this show, you can consume yourself 100% with motocross if you want and pay attention to nothing. There's just enough information, just enough races out there. Uh, I know plenty of people that do it. They follow one thing, uh, and that's motocross. I bet you another stick and ball sport. Is there, is there anyone that just, like, you like hockey more? But you don't completely not pay attention to any other no. stick and balls. Yeah, absolutely not. No, I'm into but, baseball. I'm into football. Yeah, yeah. Right. But motocross, for some reason. It's just, uh, yeah, that's I, it. I think it kind of holds it back because, I, okay, I think people have tried to think, okay, we can attach it to the action sports crowd. Well, motocross people aren't into skateboarding. No. Or they think we can attach it to the NASCAR thing. Well, a lot of motocross people aren't into other car racing. They just like motocross only. It, it, they don't yeah. even like road racing or Harleys. They only like motocross. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's really weird that way. Um, I, and I agree. Yeah. The, the, 
the um, snowboard dudes love the skateboard dudes who love the BMX dudes. They're all cool with each other, and they all follow it. Not motocross guys. No way. So No. Um, no. As a general uh, We can rule. go on further to this combo, though. I do want to say, by the way, on this topic, at a couple Red Bull events, I've asked this question. I'm like, what sport has the nastiest fans? And to a man, they always say, oh, skateboarding for sure. They are the nastiest, meanest fans. They hate the stars. They hate everybody. <laughs> everybody sells out. They're like, consider yourself lucky where you are. It could be worse. They're anti-establishment, right? They're just anti-everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're anti-everything. Right. At least here, it's like, you might like Dunge, or you might like Roxanne, you might not like the other guy because he beats your guy. Yeah. But in skateboarding, they pretty much hate everybody. Yeah. Well, cool, Nick. Thanks, man. Good points. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Podcast. Too. Yeah. Hey, Steve, I just want to mention one other thing. All right. Um, yeah, so the, the perspective of the, the non-fans, it, it's not good. And, right. Um, no. It, it's not. It, it, you can't even explain. Like, they don't know how gnarly it is and, like, how fast they're actually going. But it, it's a shame. They don't have an idea of the athletes these guys are either. No clue. No, they have no idea. No. And it's it's a shame because it, they are the, my two favorite things, and that's all I care about but, is hockey and moto. And but, but it's, dude, it's like, two well. things that I hate to be negative guy like I was on the show on Monday, but uh, we were on the Tonight Show with Pastrana and Stu and MC a few different times. X Games, you know, 30 million households are seeing Pastrana and Moto X, and we now have Dungey on the Wheaties box, and we had Camel Cigarettes and Levi's as a sponsor in the 80s. None of it matters. None of it really matters. Our guys are still struggling. Our athletes are still struggling to make money for the most part. There's teams coming and there's teams going. And I've been in this thing since 96. Yeah, there's some growth. But, like, I mean, it would have to be really bad to show no growth. None of this mainstream PR stuff, the nude issue with Tara Geiger, whatever you want to say, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But show me something where people go, Oh, yeah, I'm into it. I mean, I love those FS1 ratings. Supercross has been the number one uh, show on FS1 many weeks or a couple of weeks. I love that. Not going to help, though. We also are on ESPN, too. Not going to help. We're on X Games. Not going to help. So show me Taco Bell coming in. Show me uh, uh, Verizon coming in. Uh, you know, show me these things, and I'll start believing it. Until then, we are what we are, and I love it, but... Yeah, back it down on 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 all the growth stuff and and how it's going to help us all. I've heard it all from agents for ten years now, and I'm still waiting. So, <laughs> thanks, Nick. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. I mean, you 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 know what I'm saying, Weege? I mean, I'm just call me pessimistic, Steve. But you know, that's how I feel. It's like I love it. Yeah, but yeah, I I agree because we haven't seen any. No one thinks that it's a bad thing, but unfortunately, we haven't made any connection to it actually helping. Besides, really, the energy drinks. You know, yeah. There's no doubt that they've come in and they've, they've pumped significant money into the sport. There's no doubt about it. But seriously, beyond that, um, you can't really find anything like the growth we've had has resulted in X. It's no. resulted in the energy drink supporting teams. No, if you're um, outside the top ten, you're yeah. still struggling. You're still you're making fifty grand a year. You know? Yeah. Or yeah. And the, the scary thing is, I think what people consider growth, which would be TV ratings or people on the stands or internet hits or whatever, the, the real money in the sport for a majority of the people comes from. You know, people buying bikes and people buying gear and, and that. That's Those are the companies that are paying. You know, Fly Racing, for example. We'll throw it out there right now. They're, they're, a lot of riders are making a living because of them. Yeah. So if people stop buying bikes and gear, that's where people are really going to be in trouble. So the real growth that needs to be 
helped or charted or measured is that because that's really where the money has always come from. And it looks pretty clear that that's where the money, the money. is always going to come from. And yeah. that dries up. We're all dead. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's awesome that we're we're getting good ratings on uh, FS1. That that helps. That helps Feld. And and that's awesome that uh, <laughs> that we're getting more and more spectators according to Feld. That helps them. But you know, show me where the riders and the teams, the 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 guys on the ground, uh, are getting that are, we're better than ever. We're really not. We're we're the same. And that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I love it. I yep. love it, and I cover it, and you know everything else. But um, we're so out of whack too. Like like Dunge and Stu making four and five million dollars. That's crazy. They shouldn't be making that. We should have. We should be stronger that way. The the guys in the back should get a little bit more attention, you know. Like we, your dumb NASCAR sport. Like, I mean, for for 15 years, Kyle Petty didn't break the top 20, and everyone, no one cared. Yeah, no one cared. Yeah, guy had his ponytail, I, and he was fucking making yeah. millions. So, I think um, I think there's a little help in that direction, and it's nothing to do with the sport. It's just I think the culture of the internet and all that has allowed those guys. I mean, certainly. I'll even give you some credit. Like certainly your show and your that type of exposure we're able to give these guys now has definitely helped um, dudes at, like in sixth place on back to become a little more marketable and recognizable than they once were. But man, it doesn't matter if, if people aren't going to the dealership and buying gear and bikes and parts and oil and mm-hmm. boots and goggles and helmets. Um, none of that is going to matter. And I think people immediately can start thinking of other things that are a problem. Like the sport might be growing as far as TV ratings goes. But it sure isn't growing as far as people buying motocross bikes and going racing at their local track. Although, so, yeah, well, you've, you, you've tackled the racing thing a, a few times. You and Davey Coombs have definitely uh, hashed that out. Scary. It, it, it is scary. scary. That's where it, the money really comes from. Yeah, it is you scary. Know? Riding facilities yeah. and riding for, racing four times a year is what these dudes are doing now. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. You, you made an excellent point on that. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's quickly talk San Diego, too. Uh, four riders coming back. Kennard, Baggett, Bogle, Short. I assume you think Kennard will do the best of the four, but give me the other three and how you think they're going to line up and do this weekend. Um, yeah, Bogle and Baggett, I'm, uh, Bogle and Baggett I'm, I mean, they're back, but um, those are decent layoffs. I mean, Bogle really barely even raced this year. I mean, he showed up at Anaheim 1, but he was hurting, and then he was out again. So I consider Baggett and Bogle super much on the men. I don't know what you can expect from them. Mm-hmm. I think Kennard will be fine, but JT keeps dropping hints about Shorty. He does. You know, he does. be much more ready. Yep. Yeah. Did he say it again? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, but I just feel like the layoff is the layoff. Uh, how many times do you really ever see a dude jump in and really kill it their first race uh, back? Um, it's just hard to do. So um, mm-hmm. I'd say I, I'd, I'd still put – I'm going to put Bogle ahead of Shorty, I think, just because he has raced a little bit. I think that actually helps. Moser just took his shirt off. Yeah. Yeah, Um, sorry. You know, if you're Bogle, you know these guys are always looking for something to give them a little confidence, right? mm -hmm, Yeah. Bogle did hurt and all. He did win this 19-lap battle that he had with Muscan and Anaheim won. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. If you're Bogle, you just say, oh, that's podium guy. Podium Um, guy. Couple guys that need big races, I feel. Um, you know they're they're doing well, they're doing okay. But Seeley and Chad, Cole Seeley and Chad Reed, hasn't been the last couple weeks very good for them. Now we saw Reed got runner up last time in San Diego. We know we love San Diego, but like, these guys got to get back into the mix right now. We're starting to see a little bit more separation with even even the top guys uh, after the last two races. 
I look for them to I, – I think Chad can do it. I think he likes the dirt and the place and everything else. So do you agree? Well, this is a theory I throw out there that no one agrees with. I always say as a dude get older, uh, they don't lose the speed. They just lose the ability to have that exact speed every single week. Right. Some weeks they got it. Some weeks they're just not as balls out. Maybe they're not as comfortable. Or, hell, maybe they're just – some weeks they get out of bed Saturday morning and they're like, this shit hurts, right. where it didn't when they were 22 years old. Um so I think what we're seeing from Reed is what you'd expect to see. Oh, let's take 17 rounds. They're probably I'm thinking they'll be like seven or eight where he's feeling awesome and on the podium, and nine or ten where he's pretty good and he ends up fifth or sixth. But the idea, I mean, 25 years old Chad Reed literally could roll out of bed, literally roll out of bed <laughs> and finish second no matter what. I mean, we've we, practically we, seen it happen. We've seen it happen when he's wearing sunglasses in riders' meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indoor, he just couldn't, it, indoor rider meetings. Difference, right. I think of the, yeah, I think that's the difference of the age. You would think the difference is that oh, they can't, you know, go as fast. They can't jump something, or they can't go through whoops as fast because they don't. They're they're too scared. Or I, I think it's just, and I take this from other sports. That's why it always works with the veteran guys. Every once in a while, they'll still Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant. He'll still throw in a big game every once in a while. Then he'll have ten duds. Yep. and then he'll have a big game, and then he'll have ten duds. So I think uh, for Reed, that's just the difference. You're going to get a couple of these podiums and then a couple of these six and a couple of these podiums and a couple of these six. But I think the idea that he could threaten Dungy like he did at San Diego every single week isn't going to happen. But there are going to be some weeks where he can. So maybe this is one of them. Maybe. Uh, you're not going this yeah. weekend, so we won't see you in San Diego too. But um... No, uh, I, I decided – I always skip one of these West Coast ones and yeah. I – had to diss Oakland for years. Right. So I traded in Oakland for a San Diego. Uh, Pookie's very yeah. upset. Pookie's very. I told her last night oh. I broke her the news. She was going to text you even. Oh. Um, oh. I'll leave you with this, Weege, on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show from the Instagram account of TLSC80801. I actually think Pulp MX is on point with a lot of things in this sport. I'll leave that. I'll drop that with you right as we leave. Does that include points about him? I don't know. Thank you for coming on. Be, Thank you. Appreciate that would it. Be interesting. All right. <laughs> See, See you, man. All right, everybody. It's Jason Wagan from RacerX Online and Jason Thomas, of course, from Fly Racing. It's Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Titch is struggling with an outro. Maybe now he's got it. He's still very happy about Dungey. Give away some gear. That's cool. Limited edition Evo 2.0. Coming up this weekend, Titch is going to get some information from JT after the show. I figured it out, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, thank God. I did. Breaking news. A little bit of sleuthing, and I, I got it. Breaking news. Tits knows what gloves were used in the ad. Thanks to NFAB. Thanks to Fly Racing. Thanks to you guys. We'll see you next Thursday.